Praise God. Amen? We serve a good, good father, don't we? All right. I'm, I'm Jonathan. I'm one of the leaders here at Destiny. And this morning, it is my absolute privilege to share the word of God with you this morning. On behalf of Pastor David and Sharon, I want to welcome you guys again to, and you've made the right decision, as I say, you know, if you found yourself in the house on a Sunday, you've made a better decision. Amen? All right. Um, for those of you who are watching with us online, welcome. We want to thank you for joining us today. And it is our prayer this morning that something that God has put on my heart and Pastor David's heart as we work through this whole series of discipleship, um, and that it'd be something that you'd be able to take away with you today. Yes? All right, let's commit this time to, to God in prayer and let's see what God does this morning. Father God, we thank you that you are who you say you are. And Lord, that you do the things you say you're going to do. Lord, we, we know that you are faithful and trustworthy and we want to say thank you for the privilege it is to be called your child. Lord, as, we, as I minister your word this morning, Father God, I pray that you'd find good soil in the hearts of the people listening. And Lord God, that you'd give me the words to speak in season, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, for the last four weeks, we have been looking at a message series on discipleship. Over the last several weeks, we have looked at uh, six stages of discipleship, why be disciples and the various disciplines of discipleship, the price and the prize of discipleship. And last week, we looked at Jesus is calling us. He has not just saved us, but he has also called us. Um, not just being saved, but also called to be with him, become like him, suffer with him, serve his purpose, reign with him and make disciples of his kingdom. And as we begin this morning, there's a short video that I want to jump into and um, let's start off with that, shall we? 1800 years ago in the second century, a man called Diognesus, he wanted to know what a Christian was. And he asked to have it explained to him. And this was written to him to explain to him what a Christian is. The distinction between Christians and other men does not lie in country or language or customs. They follow local customs in clothing, food, and in the rest of life. And yet they exhibit the wonderfully paradoxical nature of their own citizenship. They live in their own countries, but as if they were resident aliens. They share all things as citizens and yet endure all things as if they were an underclass. Every foreign country is their homeland and every homeland a foreign country. They marry like everyone else and have children, but they do not abort their young. They keep a common table, but not a common bed. They live in the world, but not in a worldly way. They enjoy a full life on earth, but their citizenship is in heaven. They obey the appointed laws, but they surpass the laws in their own lifestyle. They love everyone and are universally derided. They are unknown and roundly criticized. They are put to death and gain life. They are poor, but make many rich. They lack all things and yet have all things in abundance. 
They are dishonored and are glorified in their dishonor. They are abused and they call down blessings in return. When they are beaten up, they rejoice as men who are given a new life. In short, what the soul is in the body, that the Christians are in the world. The soul lives in the body, but is not confined by the body. And the Christians live in the world, but are not confined by the world. God has appointed them to this great calling, and it would be wrong for them to decline it. Wow. Wow is correct, isn't it? It is an encompassing definition of what a Christian is. And it does make me ask the questions like, why does that question need to be asked to begin with? As we look at the whole topic of discipleship, it's something that we've been looking at for the last four weeks, that question is needed to be asked again for us in this season, what is a Christian? It almost begs the point like when Jesus says, behold, I make all things new, there is now a new creation. And that new creation is the Christian. You know, and the Christian is so different to what the world has come to expect of people that it blows the mind and it needs a redefinition of who we really are. So we've looked at in the past of what and how we come to become disciples of Jesus and the steps that we take to follow him as we progress in our lives. And if we find ourselves in a situation where the definition of Christian does not quite apply to me. Like, you know, there's a scripture that says, do not be so well adjusted to the world around you that you can fit into it without realizing that you have. It's like if we, one of the things that this reminds me of is a friend of mine who mentioned that he was at university and he was hanging out with his mates for years, you know, and then one day he just, they were having a conversation, he just mentioned that, you know, he goes to church on Sundays and, and the guy, and one of his mates who'd been hanging out with him for years, looked at him and was like, what? You're a Christian? I never knew. And my friend said it was the greatest insult he could have had. And he felt really convicted in his spirit that how come my friends who I've been hanging out with for years did not know that there was nothing different about me. You know? And that is a challenge that you and I face as, as followers of the Master of the way. Cool. But today, we are looking at grace for action. And as we have made the decision, as you are sitting here, or if you haven't, then just go with me today. But if, you've, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, if you call ourselves the Christian, then we've been graced for action. You've been saved, and you've been called, and we've been invited into this, um, into this arena, into this kingdom, where we get to not be spectators, but participators. You know? Because we have been called. Our first, my first point this morning is, church is a team sport. You know, Jesus said, when, when, when Jesus asked the question and he asked the disciples, like, whom do they say I am? And, you know, they gave the various reasons of prophets and, you know, and Elijah and John the Baptist come back again. And, 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 and then Peter said, you are, you are the, the Messiah. You know, you are the Messiah. And then Jesus said, Yes, Peter, on this revelation that I am the Messiah, I am the one who's been sent to bring salvation, on this revelation, I will build my church. 
Mic test. Me again. All right, good. On, on this revelation, I will build my church. And it is the church that Jesus built to change the world. Now, does Jesus need the church? No. He uses it anyway. And who is the church? You and I are the church. Amen? Together as a body, we make the church. Remember, it's quite interesting when Jesus says, we are two or three are gathered. There I am in the midst of them. Right? Funny, he doesn't say we are one. Interesting, isn't it? We need at least two or three for the presence of God to, um, to come and for, to manifest. And that is the gathering together of the church. So church is a team sport. See, in a team sport, you may have some prominent high flyers, the goal scorers, the one who was celebrated in the media, uh, the ones who you see all the time. Um, but you see, a team never wins by itself and just with the high flyers. The team only wins when everyone plays their part. A team where a member gets a red card suffers because a member who is integral for the success of the team and its vision and its calling is benched. See, and that's why every single one who's been called to the church has an integral part to play. You and I have an integral part to play in the success of this team of Destiny Atherton. Amen? So, I, 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 as I said this morning, as we worshiped this morning, my heart was full. And I guess to see so many people coming together to, to make it happen. Was, was worship amazing this morning? Right. Now it's like, how many of you came in, in, in this morning and there was somebody greeting you in the, at the door? Isn't that awesome? Like, you know, and then when we go from here after the service, there's going to be somebody who's going to make you a coffee. How cool is that? Right? And, and you came in this morning, the doors were actually open. Right? The seats were lined up. Right? Um, the toilets are clean. Right? Yeah. Okay? And, and, and the lights are on, you know? And, and the air conditioning is going. And it's because there's a team that's working behind the scene, that's making it happen. Yeah? You know, and you might see Adam up here who's doing the MCing. You know, you see Pastor David preaching. You see me sometimes up here MCing. You see the people in the. But there's so many others who are working behind the scenes to keep this machine we call the church, to keep this body we call the church functioning and doing the things that God has called it to do in this community, in this season. And so church is a team sport. Number two, if you're writing this down. Therefore, since church is a team sport, let's make gathering together a priority. You know, for the success of the team, we need to show up. For the success of the team, we need to show up. See, you see the Holy Spirit ministers. Now, worship is amazing. The messages are top-notch. The coffee is amazing. But if you're not here, none of it makes a difference in your life. Imagine what a team would look like and what its performance would be like if all the players only rocked up to the games and no one came to the training session. What would that team look like? So this morning, our challenge is to make gathering together a priority. You know, there's that example given, like you know, when you have a pile of hot coals together you know, and you take one and you put it aside, 
how long will that continue to glow and to burn and to produce the heat? In order for that coal to continue flourishing and doing what it is designed to do, it needs to stay with the rest of the coals. It needs to stay with the embers. It needs to continue to rub against each other so that it can continue to do what it is designed to do. We, the church, are designed to do something. And the only way we can do it effectively if we stay together, if we continue to gather together, if we continue to have a priority. See, Scripture says in Hebrews 10.25, don't stop meeting together. Don't, it just reminds me of that song, don't stop. I don't know how the next of the words go. Does anybody else get that song in their head? Yeah. So I'm just like, I just like, let's sing it right up to that particular point and say, don't stop. Meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. See, and that's what we can get into. We can get into the habit of doing. I'll just watch it online. Yeah? All right. Oh, well, Easter's coming up, so I guess we are going away for the long weekend. I'm like, but that's the most significant part of our gathering. Like, you know, it marks the anniversary of our Savior. You know, it's like, this is the moment when the greatest thing in history happened. Like, you know, you had the garden where tragedy happened, and then you had Easter, where salvation happened, where the new creation happened, where the victory happened. Ah, but I'm on holiday. It's the long weekend. So I'm not going to church this weekend. I'm like, dude, it's like, if there was one thing, you know, the one thing that Christians should attend is, I'm not, I'm, if you've got your plans for the weekend, you know, you're good, all right, you're good. But yeah, <laughs> cancel it, no, just kidding. I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, all right, I'm just putting it out there. It's like, see, as an Indian, okay, um, it's very different from Western culture. And um, in Eastern culture, where I'm from, uh, your identity of who you are is tied in with the God that you serve. You see? So you are, a, for example, you are a Hindu, before, like not an Indian, you are a Hindu, or you are a Sanatani, or you are an Aires Samaji, or you are a, um, um, a Sikh, you know? And that's, that's your identity. That's who you are. And when we come to Christ, okay, because it's like everything that we do, our life comes in cycles, like, you know, coming from agri agricultural backgrounds, so there's celebrations. The other day I met somebody in, in Woolies, like one of the parents from school, and she was covered in colors. And I was like, what's going on? And she said, oh, we celebrated Holi. You know, and it just, I was like, oh. You know, Holi is an awesome celebration, all right? It's a celebration of new life. It's a celebration of, it's a festival of harvest. It's like when everything, when, when the farmers harvested, it's a, it's, um, it's a New Year celebration. It's like there's a whole lot of things. But you see, when you study to the, to the core of it, you know, it goes back to Krishna, okay? And to celebrate Holi is to celebrate the work he has done, or he had done, one of the gods of the Hindu Hindu customs, all right? So as a Christian, even though I'm Indian, all right, and as much as it is part of my culture, I don't celebrate Holi because it does not give glory to Jesus. Suddenly, we can put that in the box. And then this other celebration is called the Festival of Lights, all right, where you clean your house and you decorate everything and you put lights everywhere. It's like Christmas, only it comes in October, all right? Um, and it's a celebration. It's the Indian New Year, you know, the Indian New Year. And I'm like, yes, but no, 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 because it is the celebration of when Lord Rama, okay, came back from his exile, back to his, 
his city and they lit up the city to welcome him back. Like, no, 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 that does not give glory to Jesus, right? So we can put that in the box, right? The box that we're going to throw away because now I am a new creation. Yes? So what do I do? I celebrate Easter. Yes, the one true God. Yes, we're going to celebrate his victory and his return, you know, to demolish the power of death. Yes? So of course I'm in church on, on Easter. Yes? Because that's what new creation does. Yeah? And that's what I do when I'm like, that's Christmas. It's like as much as I like to go away, but we want to be together to celebrate with the body of Christ because we are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior. Yes? That's my new culture. That's the new creation. For the old has passed away and the new remains. And see, so that's the challenge that um, the Western or the Eastern Christians struggle with. For you no longer belong because you are now part of a new family. You know, the body of Christ. So I want to really encourage us that we let us not stop gathering together. You know, and, and, and Sunday is important. You know, one-seventh of the week. And we are only here for how long? Two hours, give or take. You know, if you rock up at 10 and leave by 11.30, 12 o'clock if you stay for coffee. You know, 11.30 we normally finish if Jonathan's not preaching. You know? <laughs> Um, I, I really want to encourage you that, you know, as you and I rub shoulders together, as we continue to gather together, you will see greater things happen in your life that you did not see before. Because as iron sharpens iron, so your presence in my life and mine in yours will make us grow together. Just by being, you know, just by being um, together in the same plot. Point number three, we are his body and we need each other. Um, See, ever stubbed your little toe? Like the little one on the corner. It's like, I never really know it's there until I stub it. Yeah? See, when we realize how important that little part is, see, since we are part of his body and his flesh, as the scripture tells us, see, now you collectively are Christ's body, and individually you are members of it, each with its own special purpose and function. If you could go to the next slide for me. And it says, together, you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of that body. I love the word together. Not individually you are the body, but together you are the body. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. His flesh and his bones. See, that's what makes us the body. And you, you know, you may be, you may be right in thinking that... Um, you don't quite need this. You know, you've got your prayer time and your quiet time, you know, and you listen to your scriptures every time when you're driving to work and every time you're driving back home, and you, and you are right. All right? But the person sitting next to you needs you. you know, or the person sitting behind you needs you. Because it's not about me, is it? It's about the other person. You know? And because we are part of that body, you know, the heart does not beat because it needs to. If the heart decides, like, I'm done with this whole beating thing, right? I was like, I want to be the tongue today. I just, that guy gets all the attention, just speaks all the time, you know, and says all those things, you know. It, the heart does not beat for itself. It beats for the body. Yeah, the tongue speaks for the body. The eyes see for the body. The ears listen for the body. The feet walk for the body. Yeah? So, there's someone here who needs you, whether you know it or not. Number four, followers. Who are you following? 
and who is following you on Insta, <laughs> on Facebook, or any other platform for that matter. In life, who are you following? You know, who, who are you emulating? We recently had parent interviews at school, and I got to meet some parents for the first time. And, um, and it was uncanny how the mannerisms of the parents are mirrored in the children. I was like, mate, I now know why he can't sit still in his chair. <laughs> it's like or some parents who are just like shh, moving all the time. And it's, or, or they say, or they speak in a way, or, and I'm just like, I can see him. I can see him in you. you know? or I can see, and now every time I see him, I'll see you. Because you know, they, they, our kids follow us. They, they emulate us. They copy us. And not just that, but we also have people in our surroundings, our, our circle of influence. You now somebody said, you know, look, examine your five friends, add their wealth together, you know, or, and you will never outgrow that. Because that's your circle of influence, that's your capacity of thinking. You, know, you want to be a millionaire? Start hanging out with millionaires. All right? Whom are you emulating? Who are you following? And who is following you? Whom are you, dis whom are you being discipled by? And who, is, who are you discipling? There is a challenge for us. Um, and I really want us to be able to take a moment this morning to think about Because I mean, we can go through life not thinking about this. And we don't have to be intentional. It's just like, you know, you wake up tomorrow morning, nothing will change. Or if you make a decision today, and everything's different tomorrow. Where we become intentional as to where we want to go. How are we going to get there? Whom are you going to start following? Which book are you reading? Now, I love this thing that David does um, with, with some of the men at church. And if you haven't joined these groups, like I'm telling you now, every Tuesday there's a men's group that gathers together from, it's just an hour, from, from 7 till 8. Okay? And, um, and David gives us a book to read. You have to read just one chapter all right, in this book. So I've been reading a book now for... I know it has 12 chapters, and I've had a few weeks when I haven't read it, so it's about three, three months or four months now I've been reading this book, okay? And it has been totally transformational for me. And the book is called Parenting Isn't for Cowards, right? <laughs> and um, I was like, well, I'm on my fourth kid, you know, my oldest is 17, what do I need to know? It's like, apparently a lot, you know? <laughs> I, I learned a lot through this book. And, um, and I just read it, and um, I summarize it, and David's like, you have to summarize this whole chapter in 100 words, you know, get a quote, what jumped out to you, and, um, and then a question for the, for the guys to dis discuss together. And I'm like, as we come together, I've read four books already since I started this with David a year ago, and I've learned so many things in so many different fields from these professionals from across the world, you know, people who've sold five million copies of their book, you know, and I'm reading this, and I'm growing in this, and, I'm, and so I'm learning to follow some of these examples. Um, and there are other men in this group who are reading books now, and they're beginning to learn, and they're following the examples of the writers, you know, and the things that they're sharing, the wisdom that's here. And as we come together, we listen to each other and their takeaway from the books, and we, as iron sharpens iron, you know, we are growing together. You know, and, and I look forward to those Tuesday afternoons. And is it a commitment? You bet, right? We rock up. If you don't rock up, you miss out. Yes? So that Tuesday, so my Tuesday afternoons from, or Tuesday evenings from, from 7 to 8 is blocked in my calendar. Why? What am I doing? I am going to men's group. Yeah? Yeah? And, and that's, that's, that's something that I am following. And we need to grow together. Look, and, 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 and as we, 
We can all sit here and say, but Jonathan, I'm so busy. I tell you what, you will make time for what you think is important. Amen? Right? Is, is church a priority in your life? Is the, is the kingdom of God a priority in your life? Are you making time? Because I tell you what, the devil's got a, a hundred other things for the one minute that you've put aside for Jesus. I tell you what, you know, it's like suddenly the tap will start leaking. The moment you're about to, you know, step out of the house, the sink faucet comes open and says there's water everywhere. It's like, it can happen. It hasn't happened in my house, praise God. But, you know, I'm not saying that it will happen. Please, Lord, don't let it happen. It was just an example, right? <laughs> not this Tuesday. All right, so my point is this. If you make it a priority, we will make that time. Whom are you following? Whom are you committing your time to? And I found I follow a lot of Facebook. I don't really follow anybody, but I spend a lot of time on Facebook because I do a lot of marketplace browsing. Because <laughs> um, remember I talked about the well? Who remembers the well I spoke about? Last time I spoke about, six months ago. Holly does. Thanks, Holly. And um, um, so I've been Facebooking a lot to find stuff that I can flip. You know? And so we've started a, a well fund kind of thing. So putting money aside. To, put, to build a well, to, to dig a well in, in South Sudan. Yes? So, the last time I preached, my wife took me home and says, like, you've been talking about it long enough, what are you going to do about it? I was like, don't you love you? You know, the women in your life that God places there, who challenge you to, to become the bigger man, you know? And uh, so it's like, okay, so this year we've decided that it's one of our things to do. We want to, we want to as a family, you know, commit to um, putting a well in South Sudan. Whew, big commitment, massive. All right, so we've decided, so we, that's what I do. I... I look for stuff that is, you know, somebody's, that I can see potential in, and I buy it, and I flip it by adding value to it. And then whatever we make on the top goes into the well fund. And we are, by God's grace, two-thirds of the way there. How good is, how good is God, yeah? Two-thirds of the way there. So if you want to partner with us, because I'm thinking like, you know, it's like, hey, I can make this this way. You know, it's like I can use this fund to match every dollar anybody else raises. All right? So... Feel free if the Lord leads you that way, okay, to partner with us. And Pastor David's quite excited about this whole cosp And we are looking at a few other connections. We, are, we finally made contact with somebody in South Sudan. So it's looked like it's going to happen by the end of this year. But we're thinking bigger now. Why build one when we can build two, three, four, ten, right? Why stop at one? So it's like, yeah, this is definitely a God vision, right? I mean, when you have a big vision that only God can fulfill, then you know it's from. God. So whom are you following? What's the vision? What gets you excited for the kingdom? Right? Yes. You know, what gets you out of that bed? I'm going to go and, you know, do the best work that I can do this week so that, you know, I can make that money so that, you know, because I'm a king in the kingdom. Right? The teenagers who don't have a job yet, because you don't need the money. Good. Go get a job. Give it to the church. Yeah? Awesome. Yeah, so that we can go out there and build the kingdom. Yeah? Get excited. Get excited. Number five, you matter. You matter. From Christ, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies when each part is working properly. When each part is working properly. Because the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. She'll be all right, mate. She'll be all right. Have you heard that before? Yeah. I mean, if I don't rock up, they'll manage. You know, we're starting our youth. We've been 
so excited to get five youth off the ground. You know, I've been here in church for going on to six years at Destiny. Last year was the first year when we had our youth. But we've had youth in our church for six years. And when we started our youth, we counted how many youth do we have in church. You know, and we counted like about, oh, we had about almost 20, you know, that we could make it. When we started youth, guess how many rocked up? Like six? She'll be all right, mate. They don't need me there. You know, then we are up to like now 10. But it's a Friday afternoon. I've got better things to do. You know, it's the only day when I can watch my Amazon Prime, you know, or Netflix series that I've been binging for the next three weeks now. You know what I'm saying? It's only prayer on Thursday morning, you know, there's, there's four of them there. You know? God is there, two or three, you know, God only needs two or three. They've got four. <laughs> you know, I don't need to join, you know. Yeah, I mean, the coffee team has six volunteers, right? How many people do we need to make a cup of coffee? It's like, she'll be all right. Right? No, no, she won't be all right, mate, because all of its various parts are needed, right? Each, every one of you. You know, you are, there's this need in this church that only you can fulfill, and because you are sitting there and then going to leave after the service, that need remains unmet. There is a gifting on your life that you bring to this house. There's something upon your life that you bring to this house, and when you say, yes, God, then that need begins to get met. Have you asked the Holy Spirit, what is that thing that you can do? You know, we need somebody, and if you're like, Jonathan, I'm not a people person. Great, I've got a job for you, right? We need somebody at the bottom of the car park, just waving the cars through, you know, it's like, just do this, and point to an empty space that is further up in the car park. Because a lot of people come and they park down in the car park because they don't know if there's a space available further up. So we just need somebody to stand down in the bottom of the car park just to wave the cars through to say, hey, there's a space up there. And you don't have to talk to anybody. If they, if they put their window down, just like, just wave them through. You know, it's like, nope, not me, wrong person. This is the non-talking section, all right? <laughs> the talkers are up at the door. You know, you can go give them a hug and a greet, yeah? Cool. I was like, oh, I, oh, if you just like, coffee making is not my thing. We also need people who can wash the, wash the cups and the jugs. You know, so it's just you and the sink, you know, just give it all to Jesus, you know. It's like, you know, let them have it. Let the, let the spoons have it. You know, take it all out on the spoons. Yeah? Come on. There's, there is something that you can serve. We need somebody to set up the chairs, just like, if you've got the eye for the straight, you know. Not the keyboard eye for the straight, but the straight edges. Okay? You can just come in the morning, 15 minutes, just line up all those, all those chairs, you know. Then don't automatically line up, you know. There's somebody who does that every morning, every Sunday morning. And I want to encourage you that you matter. What you bring to the house matters. You know, rock up for coffee. The coffee club, yeah, on Wednesdays. Is it on Wednesdays? Yes. You know, it's like because when you sit together with somebody and share coffee, there might be a third person who's just listening to the conversation and of what God is doing in your life. And they might not say anything, but they'll be like, if you did it for them, I know you can do it for me. And faith rises, right? Somebody said this morning, faith and fun. I'm going to say faith is fun. Yeah? Come on, we serve a God of wonders and miracles. Come on, we need to hear more of those fun stuff that God is doing in our lives. The sixth, your participation matters. There are giftings in your life that 
fitly supplies the needs that are in the kingdom, and your participation in the work of the kingdom is integral to meet that need. Destiny Cafe, Kids Church, Little Stars, Thursday Prayer, Fire Youth, Coffee and Chat, Vintage Collective, Creative Team, a Greeting Team, Worship Team, Men's Connect, Young Men's Connect, all of these happened. Did I miss anything? Hmm? That one. Which one? Admin. Yes, definitely. Admin, Creative Team. All right, people who put the slides up. Have you seen the slides? That slide was made by somebody. Yeah? Thanks, Jess. Awesome work. All right? We just, this don't just happen. There are all these teams happening. But you know what? There's room for more. There's room for more. For you to use your unique giftings to make them happen. There's still other areas that need greater involvement. You know, and as I stand before you, I, I'm loving, I mean, as I was listing these things down, it's like, wow, we've got a lot happening. But you know what? We've got a growing community of people who live in Mariba, you know, and, and Walkerman, and you know, it's like a 20-minute track to come to church, you know, and I was like, wouldn't it be awesome, right, to get, a, to get a connect group happening up there, or two connect groups, or three connect groups happening up there, so that you can meet one more time during the week and just rub shoulders against each other and talk about, look, look at what the Lord is doing. Come on, you know, look at what the Lord is doing. And, and as you rub shoulders one more week, just one more time during the week before you rub shoulders again on Sunday, you know, you have doubled the impact of what God can do in your life. You know, wouldn't you like a double portion? Yes? You know, yeah. We'd probably want it just to lay hands on me and Jonathan, I've got the double portion. That's like, but sometimes it requires work. Yes? So, um, we need more participation in our greeting teams. The service teams, Joel needs you. What is the Holy Spirit stirring in your heart? There are connect groups that are needed. And I want to invite you guys to come into this space where your participation matters, where you matter, and where your gifting matters. See, this morning as we sit in these chairs, let it not be a morning where like, good message, Jonathan, or not so good message, Jonathan. Um, you know, are you done? Can we go have coffee now? All right. But I'd like to stir into you something that would get you excited about serving in the house. You know, if you've got little kids or if you've got teenagers, get them serving in the house. I'm looking for some, like about six to ten young people. I've been dying to start a, a sort of like a drama club in church where we can come together and, you know, so that you don't have to sit here and listen to a 35-minute sermon. We can do ten minutes of drama, part of that sermon, right? And then half the message is in the drama and the other half can be talking. But then that'd be awesome. Right? So I need some young people to say, like, hey, sign me up for that one. And I've got Luca who's put his hand up, and, you know, he's got a degree in drama. So, um, you know, he knows what he's talking about. I'm just the guy who's going to make it fun. All right? Um, just hanging out, and I'll bring you the juice and the coffee after you've done your whole performances. So if you're young, you don't even have to be a teenager, all right, to be a part of this. You can be a young person, or like, um, like Evangelia and Mathai. You know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not naming people, and I was like, oh, where's Professor today? I haven't seen him. Anyway. You're getting excited about, you know, having young people serving God today. Yes, and having old people serving God today. And having us next to each other serving God today. You know, the first martyr in the Bible? Who remembers the first martyr in the Bible in the, in the New Testament church? Huh? Stephen, right? You know what his job description was? Yeah, food distribution. It's like he was probably working in the cafe. Right, so all of you in the cafe? <laughs> all the best. <laughs> all right? Uh, yeah. But do you see, like, when you put your hand up to say, God, send me, that's when things begin to happen. 
He's like always looking for, whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? I just need you to say, me, God. He just needs you to say, here I am, Lord. What do you want me to do? All right. Yeah? So this morning, our challenge is to be the church that, that God wants us to be. See, there's an anointing upon this house to be a sending church, to be an equipping church, to be, and it's been like the springs of living water will flow from this place, you know? And it will happen when you and I begin to put our hands to the, to the well and we start pumping that water so that it can begin to flow. Come on. Yeah? God is calling you. And if you're sitting there, it's like, Jonathan, are you talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. All right? <laughs> yes. And are you busy? Oh, yes, you are busy. But what's important? What's more important than the kingdom? Yeah? Yes? I was like, ooh. And the last slide, it says, when the master comes and rewards us according to our deeds, what will our reward be? Will we have squandered our opportunity to have done deeds worthy of eternal memory? There's a scripture that says we are all building something and it will be tested with fire. You know, and the bristle will, you know, the, the hay and the bristle and the sticks will burn away. You know, the things of eternal value will remain. The things of the kingdom. You know, and I'm not saying we are not building this building. We are building the church. Remember, people serve here because they don't serve the building. They serve you. They serve the people who walk through those doors. They serve the people in Georgia, you know, the community we are supporting. They serve the people in Nepal. You know, they serve the people in, yeah, all the other ministries that we are serving. And together, as we grow, as we serve, we see his kingdom multiplied. And I really want to invite you into this into this journey, into this partnership that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ at Destiny Atherton, you know, so that we can begin to see his kingdom come, his will be done here at Destiny as it is in heaven. Amen? Are you excited? Yes. yes. So we'll have the sign-up sheet out. No pressure. Go home, pray about it, all right? And don't just pray about it, but get the grace for action. Let's pray. Daddy God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are the God of all creation, and that, Lord, you are the doing God. Father God, who didn't just talk about it, but just went out and did things as well. So, Lord, we just pray and ask that your Holy Spirit would tell us this morning where it is that you want us to fit in this particular vineyard that you've called us to be in. Lord God, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to be our portion, the still clear voice in our ears, Father God, so that we may know in our now that you've called us, Father God, for such a time as this. We pray a mighty blessing upon everyone listening to this message this morning. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.